0: Kevin Bowen here. Don't forget to listen to the fan now on 93.5 or 107.5 FM and check out our latest coverage online at 107.5, thefan.com. fan.com. All right, we're back. Emergency podcast. Matt Ryan is an Indianapolis Colt. So there you go. After months and I guess officially just a couple of weeks, but months of speculation uh, it'll be another band aid. It'll be Matt Ryan at the age of 36 under center. And certainly, I think of the realistic, proven quarterbacks in the league, he is the one that, you know, checks probably the box the most for the Colts. Again, realistic, proven. Um, you guys have heard me all along. I'll get in pros and cons of this move, the compensation, which I think is really important to note as well, and then Twitter questions. But. Um, you know why I wanted a guy like Marcus Mariota so so much was just I was looking at it from a cheap standpoint. You guys have heard me say this so many times. If you're going to be the band aid, you got to get me deep into January. Um, I I don't think this does that. It, it gets you out of you know top five, top ten, in an incredibly easy division. It, it certainly continues you to be a threat. I don't think you're at the Tennessee level. I really love the Robert Woods move that Tennessee made. Uh, but still, when you're in a division that's so easy and the West and the North you would think we'll just beat up on each other, the Colts continue to have a path that um, is very playoff viable, which I think frustrates fans so mo- so much about missing it last season. Um, you know, the third-round value, again, really, really good. Um, I think just from an accuracy accuracy and processing standpoint, this helps you out big time. And I think that's what the Colts were so attracted by um, throughout this, uh, again, still don't know if it greatly shifts you in the AFC. I mean, if you're ranking teams like one to 16 in this conference, I'd probably put the Colts like, I don't know, nine, 10. I mean, I would put the entire AFC West again, just purely off of like, who are the better football teams, uh, how the divisions are constructed. The Colts would be higher than that, I would think. But if you're just ranking them, you know, based off an entire conference, um, I put the West. I'd probably put three of the four teams in the North. Uh, you know, certainly Buffalo, and then you're grouping, you know, New England and, and Pittsburgh and Miami and Indianapolis, probably into that next tier of teams. Um, all right, let's start with the pros of this move. Um, when Chris Bowden uttered the phrase "make the layups" to Carson Wentz back in January. Matt Ryan, I think, can make him with his right and his left hand. I mean, accurate quarterback. Um, Again, very good processor. Naeem Hines and Paris Campbell should should love this. You know, I think that's an area where Carson Wentz struggled last season was not finding some, you know, healthier, easier options early in plays or just even late in plays, I guess, from a checkdown standpoint, and let those guys do something with their legs. I think he'll give you something more mentally in this Frank Reich offense. Um, he's probably more of an avoider of sacks with his mind. You know, whence it was the Herculean avoiding of sacks, I think Ryan is more of it again, early on in, in plays or just his ability to kind of know where pressure's coming from the hot reads, eliminate those things. Um, that was definitely something that was an issue um, for this uh, team last, last season, um, you know, tutelage to the younger Quarterbacks and you know I say quarterbacks plural. We'll see what happens in the draft. By no means, shape or form, would this shift any of my thinking with with the drafting quarterback. Let me make that very clear. Uh, if you love Malik Willis, if you love Matt Corral, if you love Sam Howell, you draft that dude and don't even think twice about it. I mean, like Matt Ryan's thirty six, and he's moving to a different city for the first time in his life, and uh, from an NFL sense. And if he hates it after one year and retires, you, you, you know you're going to be back in this same sort of position. Um, I think there's a level of respect of the Phillip Rivers type that I think the locker room will appreciate. And honestly, the locker room's just probably exhaling. I mean, I mean, guys were pissed and have been pissed, you know, at the handling of this quarterback position and how it's lacked so much stability over the years. Um, so I think that's where some of the pros come from. It's, you know Whether it's just Sam Ellinger or whether it's Sam Ellinger and a drafted QB here in 2022, uh, Matt Ryan does give you that. Whereas a Mariota, I, I don't think would give you as, as much of it. Or, you know, when I say Mariota, whatever. Throw in Winston into that group as well. You know, whoever else would qualify as the former top five pick that's still a little bit younger. You know, you guys have always heard me talk about, I like the idea, again, that it is a little bit of a um, – I like going a little bit more of a younger route that could possibly be like, oh, wow, this can turn into a Tannehill. Again, Tannehill is the exception, and Titans fans would argue that, you know, he frustrates them in not being able to get over the hump. But he's gotten them, you know, a little bit higher up than really anybody else. Any other QB um, making a second stop where a franchise has told them no has done, really, in the NFL. If you look at cons, you know, there's definitely been some decline. I mean, he turns 37, I think, coming up here soon. Just has his worst quarterback rating of his entire career. Now 14 seasons into it. Uh, You know, that very offensive-minded head coach and Arthur Smith. So, what, it's a third year learning a new offense. You know, again, I know it's just one year, but uh, there wasn't really much there with a very offensive-minded head coach and what Arthur Smith was able to do with Tannehill. Granted, the support around Tannehill is much different than the support around Matt Ryan, not a whole lot down the field last year. um, The intended air yards number was, was pretty small for the Falcons. Again, how much of that was offensive line related, totally fair. Um, But I think in some key metrics, there's been decline. You know, I hear people tell me like, Oh, he's MVP guys. He was MVP in 2016. I mean, picture where you were in 2016. That is a long, long time in the NFL. So, um, you know, there is that aspect you have to acknowledge. I'd say another con is just you aren't making the plays off script. Now, maybe you'll stick to the script more, and you won't need to make those plays off script as much, but you know how the NFL operates. I mean, you, at some point in any play, the ability to keep things alive with your legs is such a huge weapon, and the Colts are not going to have that. And I do think you have to acknowledge it's now two new starters on your offensive line. You know, when Phillip Rivers came here in 2019, or after the 2019 season, it was still that same five up front, and you weren't having to make any changes there, certainly not at left tackle, which is where things are looking like right now. Um, And and I also think we have to point out, like, this offensive line, I would not classify it as elite, certainly not as a pass-protecting group last year. Now, was Wentz holding on the ball a little bit? Sure, but, you know, that's part of what you need to tap into as an offense, you know, Matt Ryan it does have an arm that I think is better than Phillip Rivers, so there's going to be plays where you're going to want to dial some things up a little bit longer for a guy like Matt Ryan to tap into some of that stuff. So um, I think that is something of, okay, it constricts your playbook a little bit from a run-pass option standpoint. Again, you might make better reads, but the threat of one extra defender having to acknowledge, recognize, account for the legs of the quarterback is no longer there. So um, I think that is key uh, moving on to the compensation. This is where it, the, the Colts and, and Chris Bauer has just done a brilliant job this off season and acknowledging the mistake that Carson Wentz was, and then being able to move him and now have a little bit more from a resource standpoint than you did at the start of March. Um, so you give up a third round pick here in 2022 for Ryan. Um, so basically if you combine the two trades, you've, moved up nine spots in round three, five spots in round two, and that's both for this year's draft, and then you've added a third rounder for next year that could become a second. You know, I was talking about it on our morning show today, Kevin and Query, and I said this several times. Compensation is going to be the biggest thing for me with Matt Ryan. You cannot mortgage future resources. Because the long-term question at quarterback is still the same long-term question we've had at quarterback since really Andrew Luck called it quits. It's still there, folks. So you've got to keep the twenty twenty-three assets, and you've done that, and you've found that additional third rounder. Um, so therefore, next, honestly, Matt Ryan could throw for you know whatever thirty touchdowns and ten picks, or you know thirty-five TD, wherever you want to qualify as you know him having a good season, and if. If, when you find that right QB, you still have to go all in in making that work. Cap space down to what? 16 million, 15 million? Boy, in Chris Ballard's eyes, that's like having none. Now, that's where I sit here, and, and we'll get into this. I think we had a few Twitter questions I want to get to as well. You know, supporting Matt Ryan, that was the thinking with Philip Rivers, that was the thinking with Carson Wentz. I, I didn't think you supported those quarterbacks to the level that you thought you were going to. You're in the same boat with Ryan. And now I look at this offseason and thought to myself, okay, free agency, you know, offers the chance to cross off, you know, I would say probably two to three needs. I pass rusher definitely. But wideout, left tackle, tight end. And I'd probably throw the secondary in there. I don't think corner needs, you know, a big um, investment. But, I mean, safety is still kind of that, that that sneaky need, depending on the Julian Blackman torn Achilles. But, I mean, wide out, left tackle, tight end, guys. Still, big needs. And, again, $15 million for Ballard. In a normal Ballard offseason, he would not use that. Now, will he change it all? I, I, I don't know. But Ballard's M.O. has often been, let's carry some over. Again, he's got the Quentin Nelson extension coming up next offseason. So, um, that'll be something to keep an eye on. $15 million is enough to do something. It's probably enough to do two things. Again, you can manipulate the cap, but in Ballard's eyes, that is not his M.O. Before we get to Twitter questions, I do want to point out this. Because what the Colts have done now, from Jacoby to Rivers to Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan, as they've gone... 180, 180, 180, 180. You know, it's the girl that's dated the bad boy in high school. So then she goes to the nerd, and then she goes back to the bad boy and a different bad boy. And now she's going back to the nerd. Like, like, that's what it is with the Colts right now at quarterback. But I think you got to keep in mind in this analogy the bad boy or the risk taker, the one that can offer you more of a ceiling, is still what you want. In the end, um, you know, game manager is only going to get you so far. Look at the quarterbacks in the AFC, folks. Where are you going to rank Matt Matt Ryan? I'd put um, I, I'd put all four AFC West quarterbacks above him. I'd put Watson, Burrow, and Lamar Jackson above him. So there's seven. Josh Allen is eight. Um, so I'd put him ninth. Ninth best. And you can make the argument that Tannehill, some might say Mac Jones, again, some people might say it's crazy, but there were some ugly Matt Ryan numbers last year. How much of it is going to come from what he had around him in Atlanta and how much of it is Father Time is starting to catch up to him? Basically, what I'm getting at though is you weren't going to find it this offseason just because this is a situation that you're in. You didn't have the first-round pick. You don't have the young, intriguing guy in your roster. So you're not going to be able to find the really high-end potential at quarterback, but you just can't ride a run game all the way there. Is this a passing offense that can score 30? You know, so I think those are some of the questions that we still need to keep in mind. What this move has done is it's taking you out of tank mode. It's taking you out of top five, top – Top 10. It's offered you an opportunity. And again, in the AFC South, folks, you know, you are one, whatever, serious injury. I guess Tennessee had a serious injury this past year, and you still couldn't win the division. But you know what I'm saying. You can very easily factor into a wild card spot with how the West will probably beat up on each other in the North as well. So you still have a path to possibly being a playoff team, but in no way, shape, or form do I think this is a move that gets the Colts making – a significant run in 2022. I think in ideal world, you would get in the playoffs. You would experience that. I think it's so vital for this team and this young group to experience it. You know, I feel that way watching some of these teams in the NCAA tournament. Just getting that taste a little bit, I think, helps you moving forward. Again, the Colts haven't really felt that. Sure, Buffalo a little bit, but still, I think you need more opportunities, more exposures to being in those environments. And so I think that would be obviously the goal here. Then you'd go out and you would find the next quarterback in 2023. And that means you're going to have to trade up. I mean, you're going to have to use, you know, Buffalo type ammunition in 2017, uh, Kansas city type, excuse me, Buffalo in 2018, Kansas city type ammunition in 2017 to then move up and find the passing of the torch. because. Right now, short term, okay, here you go. Long term, still a question of quarterback, but you're also sitting here and thinking, okay, left tackle, short term and long term, wide receiver, short term and long term. Like if you're Michael Pittman, you're kind of looking around like, what? Aston Doolin's the two? Paris Campbell's the two? You know, that's where you're at right now. Uh, okay, let's get into about a half dozen questions. Chris and I will still come back Wednesday. And we're going to plan about 10 a.m. Wednesday. To record, so we'll we'll still come back with a normal pod, then. Uh, but let's start here with AJ. Okay. After this roller coaster, I feel better about the Colts today than I did at the end of the season. Um, AJ, I I certainly hear you out. Now, um, again, I just pointed out a couple positions that I'm still like on, but to win the most games in 2022, this probably achieves it. Again, the market's awful. And the Colts weren't attractive to the top, top of the line, i.e., Russell Wilson and I guess possibly Aaron Rodgers. Um, You know, there are areas where I feel better because you've added an additional third round pick and you've moved up in the second and third this year. Like, those are probably the areas where I feel better. Ngakwe move, I mean, you guys heard on last week's podcast. I'm a huge fan of that. But there are still some areas where I don't feel better. And the AFC has gotten tougher. I I don't remember the AFC being this potent. Gosh, it might sound hyperbole to say, but maybe my lifetime. Maybe it's not like the top end, but I don't remember the depth. And the young quarterbacks, I mean, all these dudes are under 30. Hell, they're all under like 27. I guess Wilson isn't, but, I mean, everybody else pretty much is. Fish goes, do you think both Bowden and Wright too often make mistakes and then learn from them? It's great that they fix their process if realizing it doesn't work, but it definitely comes at a cost. Went straight last year. Compared with the Matt Ryan trade is a great example. Sure, upgrading from Wentz to Ryan and getting a conditional third in the process is good business. But if they would have avoided Wentz, uh, they'd be in a better position today. Sorry for the rant. Just curious to hear your opinion. Thanks so much. Yeah, I, I think it's a great point, Fish. You know, someone tweeted at me, I think I mentioned it on last week's pod, you know, is Chris Ballard a better, and, and the same could be said, I think, for Frank Reich, are they better reactors versus being proactive? Which I know is hard to achieve but it's so necessary. So you aren't behind the eight ball. I mean, they, they sell, I mean, Ballard salvage something for sure without a doubt. I mean, it's pretty crazy that what you got for Wentz compared to where you're at. And I get like, I, I get to a degree what Washington was doing. I mean, they're still thinking, Hey, he's 29 years old. He's under contract for a few more years, all of that. Um, because if Matt Ryan, you know, gets this team to be, you know, eight and eight and, Retires after a year. I mean, it's just a total waste of a season. So I think that is where you have just kind of different rationales and in, in thinking. And to this point, too, you know, I, I think I said this about Yannick Ngakwe the fact that you didn't, you know, sign him in free agency last year when pass rusher was such a need, you know, you could have been in a position where you have Ngakwe would have helped your pass rush this past year. Honestly, with Ngakwe in the team last year, you get in the playoffs. And then you still have Rocky scene. So, yes, being more proactive, especially those positions, would greatly, greatly help things. A Jeremy, Colts better draft uh, one of the wideouts. If we were in any other division, we'd be screwed with the lack of talent in the right spots. Yeah, again, there, there's more pressure on the draft. Now, left tackle's got to be a pick, right? Early. So you're sitting there a little bit earlier in the second, a little bit earlier in the third. And, and like tight end, you know, I thought tight end was a big need here and, and I'm not seeing it addressed. So, um, and this gets back to kind of the Mariota Winston debate for me. So what Matt Ryan is 23. I'm, I'm trying to do this on pen and paper right now, which shows you how old I am, but it's probably not the smartest. So 23 million. So that brings your cap from like, 39 to 16. So let's say Mariota, I don't know, let's throw out the number 7 or 8 million. Maybe that's a ludicrous number, but let's just throw that out. So that would have given you an additional 15 to operate. So that would still leave you with about 30 million. You know, what's the end result? Is the end result with Matt Ryan in this football team that much greater than Marcus Mariota in this football team? What if I told you you're going to get, you know, Marcus Mariota and I don't know, Odell, Juju, Allen Robbins, like whoever else you can get with that extra cap space. Like, I look at the Robert Woods and the and the uh, Amari Cooper stuff, and I'm like, how the hell were the Colts not involved in that? That is exactly – the Pacers do a, a very smart job of this. When they create cap space, they did the T.J. Warren deal you know, a few years back. You can absorb contracts. And I guess the Colts have done it to a degree here with Ngakwe and Ryan that's where I look at Cooper and woods and thought you, you still could have done that. So yeah, I'll be curious to see how this final 15 million goes, 16 million, whatever you want to call it. Because again, past years, Ballard would not really do anything else, but we'll see. Uh, Okay. Zach, the signing with the signing complete, they have to at least call Julio. Was Julio dead last year? Aging. I don't know. At times, didn't he look kind of toast? And just that nagging, nagging hamstring. That's all Leonard was tweeting at him. Uh, Pat goes, Are we supposed to think Colts are better off with Matty Ice than Wentz? Um, You're certainly different. You know, this is probably the opposite. You know, I thought Wentz wilted in the big moments. You know, it it shouldn't be too pissed down your leg. Like freaking Notre Dame, the final three minutes, we got Texas Tech. Right where we want him. Best foul shooter. One of our, our clutches player, probably our most clutch player, going to the foul line, clanks the front end of the one-and-one, and, one, and boom, Texas Tech makes the plays. 46% foul shooter. Santos goes to the line, swish, swish. Freshman, big turnovers. How do you handle those moments? You can tell I'm still pissed. Mm. Need a drink of water. So for Matt Ryan, I don't think those moments will be too big. it uh, will probably be a little bit more boring with Matt Ryan. You know, at times I don't think some of the Wentz misses, you know, you just, they weren't necessarily turnovers last year, but you almost didn't know that, oh, wow, he just had Heinz for 12 yards there and he could you know make a linebacker miss in the flat and that could keep that drive alive where you have to, you know, one less first down, something like that. So, um, you know, I, I don't want to act like Wentz was, you know, the 30th ranked quarterback in the league. To me, it was, he wilted in the big moments. And if you're going to do that, you can't be the franchise quarterback. So that's why I was like, time to move on. It wasn't drastic to me, he didn't look horrific. But that's just such a prerequisite to playing this position. Caleb goes, just saw your pros and cons about Matt Ryan and things you said were cons. We all said the same thing of Rivers, and Rivers had a really good year with us. Do you think there's a reason to believe Matt Ryan will be Rivers-esque, if not better? You know, obviously, I think there's a lot of similarities um, to comparing both situations. Going back to the Rivers one, and I'd have to look into it more. Obviously, Rivers didn't have an offseason. You know, Ryan will. You know, how about Costanzo, though? That was such a key piece, I think. And then, I mean, the wide receivers were probably better. Not that they were great for Rivers, but they were probably better, right? You know? So, um, I mean, a little bit of a bigger arm, certainly. But I also don't want to just throw Rivers under the bus. The Ryan's season last year was was really poor. Uh, Atlanta situation, not good. Not good. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll get more into it on Wednesday. Um, just to kind of summarize things, how I always viewed it was – and I think Ballard has viewed it in this light, and I put a quote in the story earlier today. So check that out on 107.5thefan.com. It was always going to be short-term plus long-term. That was always going to be the thinking here at QB. And that was, you know, my thinking, again, Mariota, come back, throw a dart at, at the board. Why I want a Mariota again, I like legs, and I like – Cheap when the band aid is not out there that can get you deep into January. Ryan, I think, gives you a shot, which in the NFL, you know, if you got a shot at it, and God bless the AFC South, add them to the prayer list as always. Easter season coming up. You got a shot. But in this competitive conference, oh man, there are a lot of teams that got shots. A lot of teams that have better shots. It's one of those things where it's like if you did a, you know, the Colts might have a better record than a lot of teams in the playoffs, but, you know, they could. Or a lot of teams that you know, might miss the playoffs or just on the fringe of it. You're one of those like underdogs as a home wild card (laughs) situations. Um, And I'm probably getting way ahead of things because it's March 21st. But again, I, I I still got three big questions: Wide out, left tackle, tight end. Support your quarterback. Support him. I thought you lacked in those two areas. Ryan, fine, fine player, showed some decline. Um, but. I didn't feel like you supported Wentz or Rivers enough. So we'll see how things operate here. Let's see, oh Gosh, I just thought I saw some crazy Tom Crane to LSU, but no, it's just a comparison to his situation with Kelvin Sampson exiting there. Oh boy, that almost made me spill my drink. Um, all right, uh, emergency podcast is complete. Again, 1075thefan.com has written coverage on this. Um, I thought a. Yannick Ngakwe's story that was um, pretty, pretty unique as well and just you know how rare his consistent production has been. So check that out if you haven't already. Chris and I will be back Wednesday with our next podcast. Everybody have a great day, and uh, Matt Ryan, welcome to Indy. This has been Kevin Bowen. Thank you for listening to another edition of Kevin's Corner. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for the best Colts and Pacers coverage.